Hello and welcome back, Curious to Serious listeners. This is your co-host, Gabby. We have another special episode of the Curious to Serious podcast to share with you all. This episode is the second in our occasional About Us series that invites our listeners to learn more about the journeys and experiences of the psychedelic grad team. So in this episode of the About Us series, you get to know more about Andrew McMillan, our community meetings organizer. We talk about Andrew's undergraduate adventures, including some of the research labs and the projects that he's been working on over the last few years, while he's been working towards his degree in psychology at the University of South Florida. We also reflect on lessons learned from when Andrew helped me with my dissertation research, uh, when he was transcribing interviews and handing out flyers for me. And finally, we take some time to talk about Andrew's future working towards a career in psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy, along with his interest in working with indigenous populations in Alaska. Before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank our sponsor. This podcast wouldn't be here without MAPS, whose support has allowed us to keep the online Psychedelic Grad community platform free for all of our members, and it allows us to publish these insightful conversations for everyone to enjoy. We also have a new opportunity for our listeners to support Psychedelic Grad. If you visit the links in the show notes, you will find a link to our Buy Us a Coffee page where you can donate to Psychedelic Grad and help keep the dream alive so that we can continue to provide resources and education to our growing community. And finally, thank you to our listeners for joining Andrew and I for this special episode series of the Curious to Series podcast. We hope you enjoy gaining a glimpse into the talents of the psychedelic grad team. Okay, we are here with Andrew McMillan today. He is a team member of Psychedelic Grad, and we are very excited to share some wonderful information and insight on another one of our team members in this second edition of the About Us Psychedelic Grad Curious to Serious podcast. So, Andrew, thank you for joining me today. Hey, Gabby. Thank you for having me. This is really exciting. And like I said uh, right before we started, excited and nervous to uh, be sharing some information about myself. <laughs> it's always a little funny to kind of open up and uh, reveal yourself to the world in a way, right? <laughs> yeah, it's very much so. All right, we'll start here with what you do at Psychedelic Grad. Tell us about that. Okay, so what do I do at Psychedelic Grad? I'm the um, person who runs our community meetings, and I share some basic information with Gabby on some articles for the newsletter each week. I'm not been the best with that, unfortunately. Um, off and on with with, with school and work and um, trying to manage different things. So with the community meetings, I try to set them up in a way where I can either bring a topic or just try to have a conversation with people. And in the past, we've had a lot of fun with some conversations, um, different topics from dialectical dialectical behavior therapy to breathing methods. And I'm looking forward to keep hosting those over time. That's awesome. And we appreciate you so much, Andrew, for keeping those meetings going. Um, <laughs> as Andrew mentioned, many of us on the team are very busy with multiple things in life, including psychedelic grad. So, Andrew, tell us a little bit more about your school life. What have you studied and what are you doing now? Okay. So currently, I'm a soon-to-be graduating psychology student at USF. I'm got one class left and at the end of really tom yeah tomorrow I'll have be done that'll be my last final and then done with the graduation or get through the graduation process um so 
what am I doing otherwise? I'm a part of two research labs um, at USF, one a part of a palliative care assessment team that's looking at attitudes and openness and beliefs related to psilocybin-assisted psychotherapy, and another team that is looking at existential isolation. And I'm also proposing research as a part of this class to assess homeless persons' thoughts and beliefs related to their um, subjective state of suffering. And within that, there's going to be existential isolation scales and other assessments to um, try to extract out or parse out information related to why do they suffer? How do they suffer? Um, how do they see their suffering? How do they cope with their suffering? Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, it's going to be a lot of interviews, a lot of transcripts. Um, I remember initially, Gabby, yeah, I, I, when I first met you, I asked about how I could help you with some of your research. I was really interested in your research. And you said, hey, you can transcribe some of uh, some work. I went, okay, awesome. That sounds easy. And immediately after getting like five minutes through the first interview, I went, this is a lot. This is a lot more than I initially realized. So it's it's funny, I think, that I'm coming back to writing transcripts and doing that. That's cool. Yeah. So for, for the listeners that don't know, um, Andrew and I both attend the University of South Florida. Uh, me as a PhD student, uh, Andrew as an undergrad at the time, at the current moment. And uh, yeah, we met here at USF. I don't quite remember how we... I don't, I don't remember exactly either. I don't remember either, but somehow we found each other. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I do not remember at this point. Yeah, and I do remember you coming to me and asking if you could help me with my research. And I was like, yeah, interview transcriptions, which is like, for, for someone who's never done research before, it's like the easiest place to start, but also the most painful, <laughs> maybe, because mm-hmm. it is a, quite a tedious task. Um but yeah, I, I appreciate the work that you did help with on that one. You also helped very, very me. Small. You also tried to help me hand out some flyers yes. for my research, and that did yes. not go so high. That was definitely my fault um, because I did not give you any directions. I was like, "Here's the flyers. Have fun." Um, it was a fun. It was a fun learning experience. Of, this is what not to do at a music festival when handing out surveys. Um, so anybody who's doing research at music festivals, don't just go there and be handing out stuff to. Um, in the, I guess, like front area where everybody's walking in. Yeah. That was my problem there. They, uh, the security went, no, 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 you're not doing that kid. Yeah. Get out of here. I was like, dang, okay. <laughs> but, uh, it was a really fun experience and I'm really glad I got to help with that. Um, cause it was a, I guess, kind of catapult forward of this is research. This is what this is to kind of like, so get used to it. Mm-hmm. Not, of course, the whole getting kicked out by security thing. Yeah, yeah. It was an experience, right? Mm, yes. Okay, yeah. So you are, are you actually graduating yep. in May? Yep. Oh, my God. So we're kind of graduating together, but we're not in the same ceremony. Yeah. Because they have an all-doctorate ceremony this this time oh, around. Okay. Yeah, so. Um, I didn't think I'm going to be walking. I told my mom. Oh, really? Yeah, Come I told on, my mom. It's so special. It is special. How I phrased it to my mom was, I'll walk when I get my PhD. Mm. It might. It's gonna be a while. Yeah, I was gonna say. I hope she's ready. I hope she don't hold her breath, like, because it's gonna take a while. Right. And I'm I'm really excited for that that long period of time because what I'm looking to do in the future is related to psychedelic assisted psychotherapy. And currently, with MDMA and psilocybin working through the process of FDA approval, I don't want to say time is on my side, um, but time may be on my side in that regard. Because as I'm progressing forward and moving through those different master's PhD, I'll be able to have time to see the growth of it um, and then to work alongside it where I can. 
Yeah, yeah. It's not like you'll be getting into it too early. You're kind of be in it as it grows. And you'll as you kind of move along your academic process, more opportunities will come up as as like the field continues to develop, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Um, I kind of jumped into the recreational side of things before anyone was really ready for it, maybe. But, you know, um, you were ready for it. I was. I was ready for it. I am ready for it. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that palliative care, I kind of forgot about that project. I had my hands in that for like two two minutes for, I think I showed up to a meeting or two when I was invited. Yeah. But yeah, that was, um, is that project still going on? It's still going on. We're still working okay. through the the final steps of writing, doing the write-up and statistical analyses uh, within it. Um, for the most part, my job and um, my job's done with that. Um, I was there to conduct interviews and to share information related to the interviews um, and to help write up a literature review for it. And yeah, for the most part, it's, it's uh, seems to be out of my hands there. Um, I'm still able to contribute sometimes with meetings that are coming forward and questions that I might be able to answer. Um, but yeah, it's working the rest, rest of the process. I don't know when it's going to be published. I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't have a firm date on it but I'm excited to see how it, how it finishes up. Yeah. Publishing can take a little bit, but it's cool that you got to kind of at least see the process from the start to the end, because Mm -hmm. then you have an idea of how research works. And when you go to like keep doing it, you can, you know how that works and it doesn't really even have to apply to psychedelic research, but you have like your hands kind of in some experience on like research data collection methods and, and analysis and stuff, which is really cool. So now that you're getting ready to graduate, what what do you see in your future? What do you want to do? Is it psychedelic related? Is it like, what does that look like? So I want to get my hands into the nitty gritty of psychedelic assisted psychotherapy um, as soon as I can. Um, as soon as I can, we'll probably be seven or eight years down the road. Um, I'm looking at a master's degree in social work here from USF. And then from there, applying to a clinical community psychology program in the University of Anchorage, Alaska. And yeah, right. That's, that's, the, Ooh, uh, that's two different climates. You know yes, that, right? <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, the, the expression you made is oftentimes the <laughs> reaction I get from people who I say, yeah, I want to go to Alaska. And they're like, why do you want to go to Alaska? Or like, you know, that's like frozen North. Right. And I go, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I'm really, I'm really interested to see how and why the rate of suicide is and substance abuse is so high amongst, um, native individuals up in Alaska uh, and possibly even just the non-native people who are citizens of Alaska. And I want to see if psychedelic assisted psychotherapy can be used to help alleviate that problem for them. Um, That's going to be a, an interesting road of trying to navigate and negotiate with um, um, the native people. It's like, Hey, do you want to take a psychedelic? And they're probably going to go, it's drugs. Why do we want to take drugs? Or maybe they even know about it. I don't, I, I, that's all speculation there. I don't know how it's going to be received. Um, but um, that's the plan is to go there and do that. That's really interesting. Oh my gosh. I could sit here and talk to you about this for hours. Cause I'm like, Oh, let's make a research plan. Let's, Oh, you got to go up and visit them and build rapport and do all this awesome stuff. Yeah. There's, there's so much there. And I think what you're speaking to is really important. Something that it's, I feel like there's some grumblings maybe in like the psychedelic world about like 
how psychedelics can help kind of native groups or like, especially like racial groups who have experienced like generations of racial trauma and stuff like that. Um, but, but it's interesting too, because when we think of native groups, many of them have some type of plant medicine that they've used that have some type of psychotropic or psychedelic effect, right? So it'd be interesting for you to go up and talk to them and, and talk about what customs and practices they have already and seeing what's there versus what other things can kind of be integrated um, and what that looks like in terms of a medical and clinical setting versus like being able to kind of mash that with uh, with like traditional practices and mm -hmm. stuff. There's, there's so much there. That's really fascinating. Thank you. It's... Uh... Touching on that, that piece you, you brought up of um, the traditional uh, medical use, I, I'd be curious to see as well if there is any kind of practice outside of uh, substance taking um, that brings about some kind of change there. The uh, um, I, I don't know if the Seminole Tribe does it. Uh, I know the uh, Lakota use sweat lodges a lot. And the sweat lodge is used as a purification or a, a ceremony of purification for that person. Um, for a group of people, um, singing and, and chanting within, um, the sweat lodge has been used. I've been a part of one once, which was really fun. Um, and I'd be curious to see if that practice is used up in Alaska. Maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't researched it. Um, but if it isn't, I'd be curious to see if I'd be able to even have that as a, another method, um, to compare psychedelic therapy mm -hmm. to. Yeah, yeah, because there's so many ways to achieve altered states of consciousness that don't require like psychedelics or psychotropic substances, right? Like even in my study with recreational drug use, like just dancing and flow art put mm, people in yes. those kinds of like head spaces. So yeah, it'd be really interesting to do kind of like a comparative study to see different modes of achieving altered states of consciousness and how that impacts. Like, Altropic breathwork as well. Um, yeah. My grandmother told me um, a bit about that. She had an experience at Echelon where she went through holotropic breathwork and she um, talked about how she came to this deep experience of love and um, described a, a state that she entered or a vision that she had that was re reminded me of the Egyptian afterlife of fields of barley and wheat or um, and clear skies and the breeze flowing through there. Uh, um, also from the scene from Gladiator where um, I forget the, the main character's name, uh, Russell Crowe is the actor and he's walking through the fields as he's about to die or, um, and dreaming of this, this place of home. Um, so that was really interesting. And I went, oh, okay, holotropic breathwork's a thing. I didn't know about that, Grandma. Thank you. I never expected <laughs> my grandmother to come forward and tell me about that. I always thought of her as this academic. And uh, she's just uh, um, not necessarily like full of, I was going to say full of pride, in a, but not in a negative sense, but um, full of pride in herself and the achievement that she's made. Um, I never thought that she would be having altered states of consciousness. That was really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting the ways that we learn about different altered states of consciousness and and realizing like psychedelics are are pretty hyped right now, which isn't like a bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. But um, but they're still illegal. So it's like, what are alternative ways of achieving altered states of consciousness? Right. And you know, especially for people who um either don't trust the medical system or are afraid of it or afraid of getting caught with psychedelics or have a history, negative history of like um, interacting with doctors and stuff. Right. Like mm -hmm. when we look at the African American community and then being subjected to um, like the just experiments mm -hmm. where, you know, they were given syphilis and not treated for it and they weren't told about it, you know, all of those right. things, like there's so many kind of layers of trauma there. It's like, how can we serve people um, in different ways? So yes. I think 
I think the work that you're headed towards is really going to be something beautiful that opens up all kinds of doors for people. Thank I think you. that's really important. Thank you. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun to be able to get through and, and see where I can contribute. So we talked a little bit about what you want to do in the field and we talked about kind of how you're going to get there. When are you entering the graduate program? Are you going to take time off? I'm working as, or I'll be working as an EMT um, for, I'm contracted for a year. Um, and I guess this, this, I'll give a shout out to this program because this is awesome. If anybody's in the Tampa Bay area and they know of a company called Ultimate Medical Academy, or they're interested in working as a EMT, a, the Crisis Center of Tampa Bay with partnership with Ultimate Medical Academy offers a paid for class. Um, so you're contracted to work with the Crisis Center as a behavioral health tech for a period of time. And then after you pass the National Registry EMT exam, you're contracted to work for a year, or you can pay the tuition fee, which is about $4,000 um, to get out of the contract. So anybody interested in that, big shout out for them. Go do that. Um, because with the National Registry, you can work in any state and work as an EMT and then work up to fire paramedic or work into um, fire rescue from there. There's a lot of opportunities with that. So I'll be working as a EMT for about a year. And after that, then I'll be working into the graduate program um, world. I don't know if I'll be working in the graduate program world earlier or not, as funding is a bit touch and go for myself mm-hmm. right now. And I'm trying to see where my finances land with working as an EMT while also trying to either live at home or find an apartment for myself that is affordable and I can still um, manage the things that um, I've otherwise gotten myself involved in. So it'll be a little tricky. Um, I'm thinking though, at least, um, or yeah, at least a year until I get back into academics in the graduate program. But like I said, with the research proposal earlier, I'm working on that a lot and I want to work on that wall in that gap period. Um, so either get it approved by the IRB and then actually conduct the research or just continue to work on the proposal with help from other, um, other professors. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. It's it's interesting. You bring up, I think, something that probably a lot of our listeners are either thinking about or they found themselves in this logistical balance of like, what do you do after undergrad? And like, do you go into a program right away? How do you balance finances? Where mm-hmm. do you live? Like all of these kind of big questions that you, like all of a sudden you get faced with and you're like, how do I handle all of this? Mm-hmm. And then, but I think like you taking a gap, you're like, I took two years off in between my undergrad and my master's and it was, I worked like a regular office job. I was a project manager, but like I gained skills during that time. And like, it gave me time to think about like, what program do I want to be in? Like, where do I want to go? Who would I want to study under that kind of stuff? And with you developing a proposal during that time, even if you don't do like the IRB process, but you really develop that proposal, like that's like gold to get you into a program because Mm -hmm. like you can go to a department and say, Hey, I'm already ready to do my research. I'm ready to like hit the ground running. And it makes you a very strong applicant. Um, and it shows that you like, you've done your homework and you know how research works. And it also shows them that like, you kind of see your direction, right? Cause you could also go like the professor route, teaching route, other, you know, routes, mm-hmm. but like, if you go in being like, I want to be a researcher, I know what this is about. Here's my project proposal. I've been working on it. Like it really gives you kind of that, like a gold application. Like it really mm-hmm. does. So I think, awesome. uh, you're headed in a great direction, Andrew. Thank you. Um, All right. That's reassuring to hear. Um, yeah. Like you're saying, it's, I can imagine there's so many undergraduates out in the world who are looking at academic world right now and the questions that are being brought up around academics. Of, do I, I, there was a professor I had who she um, 
she asked me in relationship to a um, person who I like listening to, Jordan Peterson. And I talked to her a little bit about him and some of his thoughts related to psychology. And um, I asked her, hey, I'm going to a presentation that he's giving in uh, St. Petersburg. Um, do you, if I get the opportunity, do you have any questions that you would want me to ask? And she said, what's academic going to look like in five years? Um, so it's, it, it's a touch and go mm-hmm. area of academics right now of people wanting to leave academics or stay in academics. Um, there's a lot of talk of the over-politicalization of academics. Mm-hmm. Especially in the state of Florida right now. Mm, you're right. Yes. Um, Rick Doblin recently on Joe Rogan podcast came on and was talking about how uh, the new college of Florida is getting um, they're so, getting hammered. It's so bad. I don't know specifically what's going on there or I forget specifically what's going on there, but it's, it's a weird situation that mm-hmm. professors and students are being put into. Yeah, it's, it's rough. Um, Florida, I'm, unfortunately, Florida is definitely not the place to be an academic. And, and here I am sitting in my office at USF getting ready to grade papers after, after meeting with Andrew today. So coming from someone who's currently, you know, working at USF as an academic, like, yeah, it's definitely not the best place to be. Keep yeah. fighting forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's, it's a rough road. Um, it's going to be a touch and go, but, um, so, yeah, thank you, Andrew, for sharing all of that. Anything else you want to share with our listeners? Um, anything else I want to share with listeners? Um, any undergraduates out there who are um, curious about doing psychedelic research, um, go to Alaska because I, I want to meet some <laughs> other people up there. And what's really cool about them is they don't necessarily take um, GRE exams as a core part of your uh, PhD clinical community psychology application. So a lot of it's your past research, your CV um, letters of recommendation and probably just your general application of what you want to do there. Um, so anybody interested in that, um, yo, uh, go there, please. <laughs> Don't leave Andrew hanging. Yep, he he on, needs guys. friends in Anchorage. <laughs> All right. And lastly, uh, what's the best way that listeners can t- contact you if they want to learn more about you or want to learn more about the community meetings that you run? Um, how can they reach out? Sure. So, um, you can reach out to me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is at Mac underscore Millen, M-A-C underscore M-I-L-L-A-N. Um, I've not been too active on it um, just because I'm trying to get off social media as much as possible. Um, or you can email me at A-M-C-M-I-L-L-A-N 789 at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you, Andrew. I'll include some links in the show notes for that. And uh, send me a link for that, the the EMT yeah, program sure. that yeah. way yeah if anyone's interested in there in the area or they are deciding to move to tampa um they can check that out because i think that'd be a great resource for people awesome thank you so much gabby yeah thank Appreciate you it. thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to this special about us episode i hope you enjoyed learning more about andrew his work at psychedelic grad and his future in the psychedelic field The rest of the Psychedelic Grad team also want to send out a huge congratulations to Andrew for earning his bachelor's in psychology. This is an outstanding achievement. We are beyond proud of you and so excited for your future. For our listeners, if you enjoy this episode and would like to connect with like-minded spirits, jump over to our Psychedelic Grad community page. The link is in the show notes below. Also, when you join our community, you'll get a weekly newsletter filled with psychedelic goodies, including psychedelic studies, field announcements, and job openings. 
If you'd like to support Psychedelic Grad and the Curious to Serious podcast so we can keep the dream alive, click the link in the show notes to donate and buy us a coffee. And finally, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a five-star review and maybe even a comment so we know that we're doing a good job. Thank you again for joining us. I'm your co-host, Gabby. Stay curious, and we look forward to seeing you back here for our next episode of Psychedelic Grad's Curious to Serious podcast.